This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the PowerCat podcast, gopowercat.com's Kansas State Athletics show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. It's another edition of the Power Cat Questions podcast brought to you by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Right here in Manhattan, Kansas at the GPC studios, it's my house. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, and Ryan Gilbert and two dogs that look like they're all ready for a nap. We hope you're not ready for a nap because we're going to have a lot of great stuff in this podcast. I'm confident of it because as we just sat down to record breaking news on the realignment front, Zach, did we have any questions about that? We do at the end, but it's nothing like within the last like hour to, you know. So as you listen to this, this might be dated. I don't know. We're going to do a DD about this for Thursday morning at Go Paracat. Also, there have been a number of, um, indications that something's going on at Colorado, the most recent being on Wednesday. They held an executive session of their Board of Regents, Um, so we don't know what happened. They didn't really put anything on their agenda other than a legal athletics matter. Um, That's all they needed to reveal, but then they turned around and scheduled an open session on Thursday because if they are going to change conferences, a public vote is required by law. And Pete Thamel, where's Pete with now? ESPN, I ESPN is reporting that that vote will indeed be about moving to the Big 12. And if they're taking the vote, there's probably a strong chance that the vote is we're going to do it. So maybe after all of this waiting, Thursday is the day. As I mentioned earlier in the week and uh, a daily delivery the question becomes, is UConn coming as the 14th school uh, to pair with Colorado? So you're at 14. Really mixed information on that. There seems to be a lot of division within the Big 12 about that matter. A lot of people buy into Brett Yormark's vision for UConn and how it fits into the greater um, image of the Big 12 he would like. And others are like, no, we don't need to do that now. We can wait. Let's see what develops. And I would tend to agree with that. I mean, if you get four teams out of the Pac-12, you figure out how to make it work. And ideally, you'd have another Eastern school. But, I mean, you could move Colorado into a scheduling pod with Big 
eight schools at that point. You can move Houston to the east and Oklahoma State to the Texas. You can do a lot of stuff. Ideally, you go three and one, three west, one east, uh, but we'll see. But is Colorado the first domino to fall? This has been inevitable, if you ask me. Unless the Pac-12 pulled a magical rights deal out of a hat that would match or come close to matching the Big 12 in money and exposure, this was going to happen all along. And the only reason it hasn't happened yet is the delaying tactics of an inept Pac-12 leadership that I think by doing it that way has pushed probably other institutions to consider leaving because this is a mess. Do we have a fly in here? No, I think the light's flickering. It's going on and out. Yeah, I've noticed it's bright and less bright. I haven't noticed it at all. Maybe you're having a stroke. Maybe no, we're both gills. having strokes. <laughs> maybe maybe you guys need some refreshments at the from the fridge wholesale liquor. It's just no, the we're, we're go up there. I think we're good. Okay, the fridge wholesale liquor. Just uh, drop by and then swing by the house and say hi. Don't do that. Make sure you shop at the fridge whenever you're in town. They are great sponsors, but most of all, they're a great liquor store with wonderful people and an incredible selection. Right there at the corner of Claflin and Westport Road in Manhattan, Kansas. Like job. Like job. I knew it the whole time. Right there. Right there. Here we go. It's your questions from Wabash Station. I'll have more on that um, development and the realignment expansion front with the daily delivery. Here we go. Did you notice it that time? No, I was looking down. I noticed it right when we started. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Well, that, how that's making me feel real good about my house. When are we going to, when's this going to become a video podcast? Uh, you know what? Is it, I just saw something flicker outside. Is it the lights or maybe? No, it's the lights. Okay. I, I promise. Okay. Well, There's my car outside. I am not up. crazy. Okay. Zach, sure. Gil. Those lights are not real. Gills, <laughs> take it away. First question is from Itain BB. What are your thoughts on purple and black? I did a DD on this. I honestly, at this point, um, I, I appreciate what they're trying to do, but they're not doing it very well. I mean, they're kind of, they, they need to regroup and, and I don't want them to give up their spot in the TBT because there's so many teams now that want in. You really, you got to keep playing, but they need a couple years to refresh the, yeah, look, we're into the last, uh, three years plus the first year of Tang and three years of Weber. These guys are older players. They're, they go back a little bit further, uh, and they're aging out. Uh, I just think they need a refresh. It's just been really disappointing. It's the same story every year. How they get to the loss in the second round might be different. But this year they seem to have the depth, but Jake Pullen pulled out the last second, so they didn't have the oomph. I think it's cool to see you know, the last 15 years of K-State basketball represented as a team together in a tournament, but there isn't enough there for them to be competitive, unfortunately, which just, you know, mm-hmm. you'd love to see them, you know, be able to try a little harder, but you know, when you're competing for a million bucks and you're splitting it a bunch of different ways and it's, you know, you know, that's the only prize money that's there. It's winner take all, you know, it's kind of hard to become completely invested in trying to win, you know, a small share of a million bucks. If you're, if you're a player, it, you know, there's these guys probably have a lot of regular jobs. They aren't necessarily all full-time basketball players at this point in their lives. So, you know, it's it's kind of a tough ask if, you know, you're not playing a lot of basketball. Right. I agree. But also, I, I wish they'd change the name. 
I'm tired of purple and black. I would agree with that. It's very TCU or Colorado Rockies. It's just let a new team be born, at least a Mm -hmm. team name be born. Is that allowed within the rules of TBT? I'm sure you could make a name change. I just I'm sick of I'm sick of looking at I'm sick of looking at the aftershocks and seeing how cool of a name that is. That's a good name. (laughs) Yeah. What would you name it, Gills? Mm. Ema Elite Forever Ema. Oh, that's not bad. Ugh. Ema. You can't use any words that are already being used by a TBD team. Oh, that leaves out a Ema is not. It's probably a dumb question. It's not trademarked, is it? So what? Trademarked? I don't think it is. Yeah. I, I mean, no. Ema. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. Well, so can they not do that? I mean, we're I mean, seeing... they could. I mean, if if K State wanted to. I mean, if KC wanted to license it to them, they'd they probably they would have it. no problem. Yeah. I mean, we've got competition in our marketplace using that. I mean, if they, it was something they really wanted to protect, they wouldn't let yeah. them use it. I'm not sure it is. I think it goes back to the window of we didn't copyright things and we didn't protect things back in the day. And I'm not sure it is. I mean, PowerCat is, um, but we kind of have a grandfather den because well, we, we were, actually we named, were first in use. We we used it before K State exactly right, and we, we we found we did the trademark research on it and found it wasn't. And I could have bought it. I could have <laughs> I could have bought it. You messed up, but if no, he's... no, I gave it to K State. I said, look, oh. here's my attorney. You need to you need to trademark. But also, if K State came after us, we'd have a strong first in use case oh, against K State. So. Yeah, the, like they that's... they couldn't do anything, even though they have it. Right. So so anyhow, yeah, I I even if Ema is trademarked, I think they would be fine with it. Ema and your paw too. I don't know. Yeah. But anyhow, well, how do you feel about the team? Do you... you guys mentioned it. They're old, and they didn't have that much depth again this year. Like. They're good dudes. You know, we had a lot of them on our shoot-around show this year, and, you know, they still keep up with K-State, but they're old, you know. It's tough. They had practices. They had, like, a whole coaching staff. Like, they took it seriously, but it's it's tough when, you know, Thomas Gibson looks like an old, grown dude, as if he didn't when he was at K-State already. He can still play, you know? though. He can still play, he, sure. He sure. does a good job. Um, he's not in shape anywhere like he was, probably, but he really understands the game a lot more. Yeah, his time in the European leagues really paid off. Yeah, it's cool to see though. You know, you got guys that played with Frank Martin. You know, then you guys got played with Jerome Tang from you know all the way from this last couple months to ten plus years ago that come together just because of the name on the front of your jersey. It is cool to see them come together. I agree. Even though they can't make it past the second round. That's so frustrating. It it just I yeah. I didn't watch the first game. Honestly, I forgot about it. It's kind of snuck up because it was one of the early games in the event, and so I turned on the second one. I'm like, are they even trying? It just was horrible basketball. It was awful to watch. Yeah, well, imagine being that age playing on a you know consecutive days. I'm I'm imagining being that age and being able to do a lot of things I can't <laughs> do now. So, from Chris zero seven zero three zero seven. Did he change is this new or is this, this a new account? Is this, yeah. this I didn't change it. Zip code Chris? Is okay. it anniversary Chris now? Like what? Well, Fitz didn't change it. I think this new. is anniversary Chris now. Okay. I don't know who this is. It's Chris different. Two zero five. I don't know. Burner. It could be a burner. Could be a second account. I don't know. Anyways, he wants to know if Deuce, Felix, and Echo would have stayed for one more year, <clears throat> and suppose Treshawn Ward doesn't come to K State because of Deuce's presence. What would expectations? be for the upcoming year what would the ceiling be 
I I think Kansas State would have probably been picked for first. I don't know. No, I take that back. The Texas voters would have still voted Texas. What was the disparity between Texas and K-State? I can't remember the vote totals. What was interesting that stuck out to me was the first place totals, there was like a 22 to 6 gap. It was a significant gap. But the overall points were like 20 points apart. So that so tells me most voters second. had most voters had K State first or second, and the voters had Texas anywhere from first to fifth or sixth. Yeah, but so uh, Texas got eight hundred eighty six, K State eight fifty eight. Right, and OU wasn't even close at seven fifty eight at third. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I th- I think they would be. I think the respect would co- probably come nationally more because if you're a national reporter, you look at. Um, you look at the mountains, which is Deuce Vaughn and Felix Andy Duque-Azama, and you look at the, the, the significant players, and then they're gone for a K-State. Oh, they can't be as good. I mean, that's just how it works. So I, I think there would have been more respect, but I don't know. I, th- I think they would have been first. I don't. I just think those Texas voters were going to vote Texas first in the last year of the Big 12 for Texas, no matter what happened. I just do. I just I think Deuce was such a monumental player in college football that I think that the votes would have been there if he's coming yeah. back. I, just, I don't think I don't the gap see... is that great between Ward and Vaughn, but just you know, I mean, just the, look the at what the vote was that you get with a guy like Deuce Vaughn on your team. Like you mentioned, you're what thirty votes away from yeah from first. Yeah. I mean, totally Nobody in Texas, totally realistic. On Ward, ever. Totally realistic that Deuce Vaughn. Is a nut. Yep. Deuce Vaughn alone, I don't think Echo would move the needle. No. Felix maybe a little bit, but Deuce absolutely yeah. would move, move the needle enough. But I think that, you know, media expectations, you know, whatever you want to say, I think that we would expect K-State to compete for the national – or not national, sorry. Big 12. <laughs> well, they Big can 12, do both. Maybe they could for a Big 12 championship. I think that that would have absolutely been the ceiling was returning to Arlington. I think that a lot of people think that that's still the ceiling this year, too. So I don't know if it would have been much different, but I think that there would be a lot more confidence, especially for me, if Deuce, Felix, Echo were still around. There's more question marks now. Right. Those were those guys were locks to be locked down, you know, offensive, defensive players. Now you're asking guys to step up. It's a matter of if they can do that or not. Agreed. 100%. From Gato Blanco in Mexico. Yeah, that stands for uh, that. By the way, I'm fluent in Spanish. Um, That is uh, a great white Mexico. Here we go. What does Takalucha mean? Cat. White cat. Whatever. I can't mention them on this, can I? Oh, you can. Uh, Lucha Taco. Isn't Lucha a wrestler? Is that what it stands for? It's the mask they wear, Luchadors. But I think, yeah, I think they're luchadors. Yeah. Okay. There you go. If Will Howard picks up where he left off from last year and shows improvement, is he a lock to enter the NFL draft? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Well, I say that, but you got the BB principle. <laughs> and yeah. he's indicated he wants to play with his brother, just like Cooper did. So maybe not, but, boy, when you're a high-profile quarterback, that's different than an offensive lineman. And if he has a... A year that puts him on the national stage. I think what he did in the last half of last year should have gotten more national attention, but it didn't. I mean, Adrian Martinez was a huge story. So then to hype up the guy who replaced him, I think made a lot of national media feel odd. Yeah. And they, if it was Skylar Thompson for the first half of last season, 
Got it. Yep, I agree. Gets more attention. Uh, I, I think if you're a potential first to third round pick as a quarterback, you got to go because your arm could go, your knees could go, something. You just got to go. I think quarterbacks just a completely different position when you compare guys like Cooper Beebe or Felix Andudikuzama. Like, sure, those guys they went or well. Felix went, Cooper didn't go. Cooper probably could have gone and would have been just fine, but from the injury perspective, I don't think that or, you know, performance perspective on Cooper, I don't think that he's going to increase his draft stock very much, but I don't think it's going to go down very much. I think it was a very safe bet, I think to to return and, you know, he wants to play with his brother, that's fine. You know, I think, you know, if if you you want to play football a certain way, play it how you want to play, you know, and if means you know waiting a year to to get paid and get in the draft you know so be it but um you know i i think that if you're in the top three rounds you know first three rounds and you're a quarterback you got yeah you gotta go you're gonna get paid if you're if you're a first second third rounder there's a chance you're a very good chance you're the backup quarterback at the very least and maybe even the starter depending on what team you go to right but to call Will Howard a starter in 2024 in the NFL, it's going to be an incredible season that he needs to put up this year. So I think, you know, when you look at it from that when you look at it from that angle, I think that there's probably a stronger chance that Will does come back because I think that he has to perform at such a high level this season and you know earn his way up into those top rounds, but also make enough money to where it's better to go get the money than play with your brother for a year. I would say that if he's a Heisman candidate invited to the big show, then he probably would go. I mean, that probably means he's going to be of such substance within the draft that he's got a shot to be a starter. But Patrick Mahomes wasn't a first-year starter. I mean, mm-hmm. you can ruin a quarterback by throwing them out there, or you can sure. set back their growth yep. by getting their teeth knocked in. So I, I think the best type of place would be where he can – exactly what happened in Kansas City, where he can learn under someone and go. But Will Howard is not, nor will ever be, Patrick Mahomes. None of us will. I honestly believe there's no quarterback quite like him. There's other really, really good quarterbacks, but there's something unique about what he does. I think there are certain players that should be put in the Hall of Fame without being out of the game, and Patrick Mahomes is one of them. He should be a, I don't want to say a first ballot, there should be like just like an automatic Hall of Fame. At a certain point, you just be like, you're in. That's where Ryan Gilbert is with the bartending hall. He's still active, but he belongs in. Wow. We'll be there one day. One thing we didn't mention, though, is the pressure that might come from K-State to Will Howard saying, hey... Avery Johnson, whoever it may be, we want to get him in as our starter. He's impressing us. Not that they want to get rid of Will Howard, but you look ahead at the future of your program. Maybe you want Howard to say, you want to say to him, hey, go to the NFL and do your thing. You know, we've got the QB QB position covered. Well, if there's indications that guys are going to jump in the portal if Will comes back, you got to be honest with Will. Look, you got to look for the future of this program. We can't lose all our quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, they brought in Adrian Martinez as a transfer quarterback 
when Will Howard would have been f- perfectly capable as a starter crazy? from day one. So I think I actually think that Will could leave, and I think they could even bring in another transfer guy as a leader for one year if they feel like Avery isn't necessarily ready. Yeah, and especially yeah. if Will Howard goes. And Avery doesn't, you know, if he retains his red shirt without starting a football game, I think that I think that there there's a strong possibility there that they bring in somebody with a little bit of experience. And, and that might be the way that, you know, K-State needs to win going going forward. I don't know at what point you put Avery in, but yes, Avery Johnson is the quarterback of the future for K-State. But I don't know when that is, especially with, you know, when will leaves or may not leave, you know, whatever his decision is, I don't think it necessarily weighs in on will as much as you might think. If will wants to go next year and Avery's not where they want him to be. And Rubley doesn't get there. I can hundred percent see them going after portal quarterback. Mm-hmm. I agree. One and done Which is crazy to think of, but, but they've they, done it in the past. They, it worked with Adrian and mm-hmm. I was a critic of that. But if, you know, if you need to do that, when you have guys that, you know, I think that most people would feel comfortable in 2024 letting Avery Johnson start from day one. I think most people probably, you know, development, you know, whatever you see this year, I think that after this year, I think that people would be ready for him if they wanted him to, at least the fans. Coaching staff, I don't know, but it'll be interesting to see. Okay. Last question of the first half is from Came to Elevate. Kate, have we seen that one before? I don't think so. Don't he think uses so. a picture of Tang, I believe, at his introductory huh. press conference. Okay. So welcome. K-State Athletics seems to be experiencing some of its greatest moments as an overall department right now, despite a lot of changes in the landscape of college athletics. Why is this happening? Great hiring and good fortune. I mean, to be able to... Gene Taylor hired someone everyone said he wouldn't or shouldn't hire. And that worked up great. I mean, Chris Kleiman's a no-doubter. And then he, you know, went after Brad Underwood, made a full-faith effort to do it. It was too expensive. At some point, even though he's my friend, I'm like, Casey can't sink this kind of money into a basketball coach. At this point, <clears throat> he went out and found, honestly, someone that's worked out incredibly well. And I, I don't think there's many people in the nation, many coaches, even if they're established like Brad, that could have done what Jerome Tang did last year. He came in with had like a hurricane. He just rearranged everything. And, and and it's not just success. These are really likable people. I I mean, if you're a K-Stater and you don't like Jerome Tang, it I I don't know what to tell you. This is one of the there's goodness just oozing out of this guy. It's just unbelievable. Uh, and climbing just what you see is 100% real. I mean, he's just, he is what he is. He gives me too much shit. <laughs> I'd like to push back on that. I'm going to send him that clip right there. He calls you old. Well, I am yeah. old. Eh. But, yeah, it's it's kind of a convergence of things. I would love to see, and I'll say the sport, I would love to see volleyball emerge at K-State in the same way softball, not that dominant, has emerged at Oklahoma as a like an off sport that fans have just really fell in love with. Now, granted, they're the UCLA of the softball emergence here, but um, I think volleyball with this new arena and new coaching staff could turn into that eventually. Just another sport 
uh, where K-State can push towards a possible national title? Yeah, I think some of it's luck. I think good fortune, like you said, but also I think that having being able to get these facilities done, you know, you look back at the, you know, 10 years ago when they're finishing the West Stadium Center, you're just like, this is amazing. Why haven't we had this? You know, mm -hmm. we finally got a donor base that was able to put some money together. And then the next thing was veneer. And it was like, okay, this is our football stadium looks basically complete. You know, yes, the legends room at the time was still kind of the way it was. And that, you know, birthed the shamrock zone, but they kept finding donors and money. And now you like, you know, I just mentioned the shamrock zone, the shamrock, you know, corporation being able to, to spend this money on K-State Athletics and donate it. You know, K-State Athletics from a facility standpoint, you know, they're as good as any, you know, school in the country. You know, if they're not, they're on their way to to being that once they finish all of these, these projects. But I think that that's the thing that is the most impressive because you go back, you know, 15, 20 years ago thinking about Sorry. Someone's dreaming over here. Somebody asleep <laughs> so there. Barking in there. <laughs> you go back 15, 20 years ago and just thinking about, you know, how the facilities were and you could see how other schools were improving and, you know, K-State was falling behind and it felt like just such a monumental thing to get that new press box built with all the suites. It felt like such an accomplishment and just the fact that it's continued, that people have continued to donate their money and improve the athletic facilities. I think that's impressive and it shows the commitment that at least the fan base and the donor base has to this university and its athletic programs. Um, and I think that that rubs off on, you know, the department as a whole saying, Hey, you know, we have the money now if for these facilities, we need to put a good product out there. I'd agree. That's it for the first half of the PowerCat Questions podcast. We appreciate you listening, and we have a little more breaking news. We started the show with the realignment news, but uh, this is important breaking news. Uh, Zach, the Go PowerCat YouTube site has crossed 9,500. Oh, wow. We're under 500 to get to our goal of 10,000 subscribers. If you're not subscribing to our YouTube site, I know all the videos show up here at gopirocad.com so you can watch them without actually going to the site. But go on over there and subscribe. If you're not a subscriber to GoPowerCat, think about doing that. But also, at least subscribe to our YouTube site because it, our channel it really helps us out. And make sure you're getting this podcast, the Life of Fits podcast, and all of that stuff that we do. Um, so subscribe to the PowerCat podcast and Life of Fits podcast. Just support what we do in any way you can, even if you're not a subscriber. That's it. Be right back. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast, the questions version. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, and Ryan Gills Gilbert. We all have Z's right here in the GPCZ studio. We're gonna we're gonna do everything with Z's. Let's well, not like like the whole, the guy that turned everything X. We're gonna be Go Power Cat Z. We have a Z. Z dot com. Z dot. I don't know if that's a mm. if, Elon Musk. Already I don't know if that's that. a safe site to go to. Hey, by the way, I think I talked some gibberish at the end of the show, which I know, or into the first half, which I know isn't odd for me at all. But make sure you're subscribing to our website. And if you aren't in a position to do that, our YouTube channel, our podcasts, Zach's private newsletter, it's, uh, it's Zach'sCavs.com. <laughs> Check that one out. <laughs> On with your questions from Wildbass Station. Thank you to The Fridge Wholesale Liquor for being our ongoing sponsor. First question from SnareCat3. The Pac-12 media finally got an opportunity to question the commish publicly. The frustration was apparent in their questions, tone, and body language. Are there any reputable journalists still insisting that the Pac-12 situation is fine or stronger than the Big 12? I think there's a general feeling out west that everything will be fine. And why not? They are completely gaslighting everyone. And I think the commissioners gaslighting the presidents and chancellors and they're lying to their fans and their media. And that's trickling down to the media lying to the fans. I think everyone has been bamboozled. And George Klyavikov is the biggest failure as a commissioner possibly ever. Larry Scott? At least Larry Scott tried some stuff. At least Larry Scott took a gamble. Now, it was a misplaced gamble. We're giving Larry Scott props on this podcast. (laughs) Over this guy, as of now, yes. And listening to him talk at Pac-12 Media Day, I'm going to be really blunt and honest here. He's a total squish. He doesn't have any convictions or strong opinions or probably a vision for the conference. And that's not his fault. That's the fault of the people that hired him. That's exactly what they wanted. That's exactly what the Big 12 wanted when Texas was around to say, we're going to get our way, so you need to have Dan Beebe in charge or this guy over here who's you know kind of cruising into retirement and Bob Bullsby who wasn't a squish, but was kind of put into, I'm going to say it, bondage. He was restricted so much by Texas he couldn't do anything. Silent George has no power out there. It's all the presidents and chancellors, but now he's in a position where he has failed monumentally at his most important task and done it in a clownish way. And unless he pulls out $30 million per school, which obviously is not happening if Colorado's leaving. This is going to be just an enormous failure. Reminder, they asked, when they sat down at the table with their rights holders, they thought they were worth $50 million per school. That is so far. That's one of those opening bids that you're like, uh, 
No, we're so far apart, we're leaving. And that's what Fox did. And basically ESPN did eventually. And I think everyone else has. You folks are so out of line with the marketplace, we can't even talk to you. I think that's what's going on. Who do you who do they think their rights holder could be? Do they still think it'll be Apple? Is that what they're hoping for? Well, I mean, in I listened to the Orand and Marshand podcast, which is if you're into nerdy sports stuff, the business side, it's a go-to. These guys are amazing. They're not, they're dorks, but they're great at what they do. They have incredible sources within the media companies, which is different from all of us sports writers. Unless we know someone personally, we don't have contacts at, um, you know, or maybe the big guys do because they work for ESPN and stuff. But guys like me, I don't have contacts at Fox or ESPN or NBC or CBS or Fox or did I say Fox already? Um, uh, or Apple or Amazon. These guys do. They they know the executives. They know the decision makers, and they have no clue who the Pac-12 is talking to. They have been told flat out by rights holders or people that might be at the table, no, we're not negotiating with them. We're not interested in it. They have a huge problem out there, and they have no idea because they're living in an alternate universe. They're living in the place where whatever we want, we should be able to get, not anything related to the marketplace. I just I don't think it'll be Apple because Apple is giving Lionel Messi money for coming to MLS. That, that was part of the deal. I think that some uh, that's been a development since this all started. Right. He's Lionel Messi is getting Apple TV subscription rev share by coming to MLS. That's part of his revenue stream. And it looks like a for, brilliant for playing. Brilliant, but also. Probably means that Apple's not looking for a lot of sports right now. Not not a bad debut for him either. No, it's pretty pretty good goal. Amazing. Uh, I come back to this. That one of the reports was that Apple would be the primary rights holder. That ESPN was going to give him, I can't remember the number it was. I think it was $90 million a year, $9 million at school for the late night game. We're going to keep one late night game. And keep in mind, if, if the Big 12 gets into late night football, that's shared with Fox. I mean, they wouldn't have exclusive rights to that late night window. So maybe they'd want to keep a late night game. And even if the Pac-12 kind of collapses, the remnants might provide that. That might be what they get, $9 million to play a late night game every week. But um, the rest of it was supposedly going to Apple. So 80% nonlinear. Ten teams are playing a maximum in conference five games a week. Four of them would have been on streaming or Apple would have sold the rights to someone else, kind of what the ACC did with the CW. I mean, the CW didn't buy rights from the ACC. They bought it from Raycom, which owned those rights. Same thing might, maybe they end up on the CW, but does that really count? It's better than the PAC 12 network, but wrapped the problem in- the CW is they aren't, they aren't on, there's no local affiliates in some of the cities right. that there's Pac-12 schools. Like, no. I don't think Eugene or Corvallis have a CW. Nor is there so, a requirement for a CW affiliate to carry anything. It's a different kind of network than the other ones. I mean, it's it's a it's like an affiliation, not really part of the network. It's like PBS. In a way, yes. <laughs> they might be better on PBS, and I joke, but 
that actually they'd have full exposure, including non-cable, like yeah. over the air. I don't think the, the public wants to buy Pac-12 football rights, though. No. Bottom line, that's it. Their fans don't want to. It's, it gets back to this. Their fans aren't engaged. Utah, yes. Arizona basketball, yes. Colorado, when the dispensaries are having a sale, yes. That's about it. Oh, USC football, but they're not even that engaged. They could be a national title contender and draw 25000 a game. They're doing fine. They've had some really bad attendance. But also, they play in a ginormous stadium. They would be so much better off building a 40,000-seat stadium that's 80% suites and One, 15% I, student section I and 5% other. the history of the Coliseum, but you're right. I mean, it's just a dated facility. The other problem they have It's fun when is, they do NASCAR in it, though. Do they really? Yeah, last couple of years. Oh, that's all. That's they pave. They pave. That would be a great yeah. repurposing of the Coliseum. USC would be well suited to build a sixty thousand seat, but there's no place to build it around their campus. It's, I mean, they're landlocked, and it's not a good part of town. Let's not forget that. It's you're one wrong turn away from being in pretty scary area. So, do we solve anything? Yeah, I don't okay. think so. I think we solved it all. Another question from Snarecat. What does the Big 12 need to achieve this year to further strengthen themselves in the upper echelon of college athletics? Well, I mean, Oklahoma and Texas can't be in either one of them be in the Big 12 title game. And, you know, you, you hear Texas fans, they're, they're believing that the Big 12 will conspire to keep them out of it. Well, first of all, how how can, how can fans look at a set of rules and just say, "Oh, these aren't going to be applied properly." Yeah. Uh, it's a conspiracy. Just win and it's fine. Like just there's I don't get it. But first of all, look. Everyone's had that complaint about you in the past. Yeah. Ask Nebraska fans how they feel about Texas. Ask Mark Mangino how he feels about Texas and getting a fair shake. So it, you know, okay, whine all you want. We really don't care, even if it's truthful. We don't care. But let's just be honest. Texas doesn't need anyone to hold them back. They're really good at it on their own. I don't think they'll be in the championship game. I think one of the best things for the Big 12 would be I know I I think Kansas State's going to be in that game would be Texas Tech and UCF. Another two schools out of having Oklahoma State Baylor, well Iowa State play Oklahoma, then Oklahoma State Baylor, Kansas State TCU, Tech and UCF and one of the newcomers. I think that would be brilliant, particularly if one of them made it into the playoff and won another game. And Big 12 basketball just got to keep clicking. I mean, Houston, if Houston comes in and makes a splash in the NCAA tournament, his basketball, Brett Yormark's basketball initiative is going to rocket. We need to see the new schools do well in basketball. I agree with you there. Houston should, you know, if Houston can get to the Final Four and, you know, along with other, you know, other good basketball schools in the Big 12, I think the basketball is fine right now the, the way it is. But for football, I think you absolutely need two established 
Big 12 brands to play in that championship game, whether that's K-State, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Texas Tech, Baylor, TCU, one of those six schools, excuse me, two of those six schools absolutely need to be playing for that, or for the Big 12 championship. I, I, a Texas Tech UCF Big 12 championship game is a disaster. I think that is a terrible look. It, it shows that the Big 12 is unstable, that they're not powerful. I think you need a K-State or TCU in one of those spots, and then probably Oklahoma State or Baylor. I think I think if you if you can show that hey we're fine without OU in Texas right. and these are the established brands coming up I think you you can't be a football league of parity you need to have somebody that is dominant I'm going to disagree I, with you on that okay I understand why you're saying it from a marketing standpoint. Right. You you need the lead schools. I mean, especially if you're K-State. You absolutely want to be that school for K-State. No, I, I totally agree with that. If you're K-State, this is an opportunity to put yourself in an incredible position going forward in this conference. You have everything laid out in front of you. You get back to the Big 12 championship, let alone win it again. And you got Jerome Tang and this basketball staff getting you back to the tournament, probably Sweet 16 level, maybe. Then you're really establishing yourself as a power but the reality is there's no brands in this conference that are of the national level there just aren't i mean there aren't any of those historic brands that people get you know joe schmo in excuse my in pittsburgh goes hey look oklahoma's playing texas i'm gonna show that watch that game even though it's a bad game you know that that's what there's so much reflex watching, habit watching. Hey, UCLA's playing USC. That's going to be a good game, and it's not. I mean, those brands just go a long ways. The Pac-12, excuse me, the Big 12 no longer has any of that. And that's just a reality. And Kansas State can win five Big 12 championships in a row and kind of become the Clemson of the Big 12, but until they do the next step, which is what Clemson did, win a national title. You, you're going to be restricted, and you'll never. Clemson still isn't considered one of those great brands. It's considered a really strong brand, but it's not a historic brand in any way. And it's much more that way than Kansas State could ever be. So I think the parity thing plays into the Big 12 because I think the play here is exciting brand of football that's fun to bet on. That's fun to watch. You don't need to be a fan of the team. We are clearly looking for diverse viewership, even across the border, trying to build our audience in unconventional ways because so much of the American audience has been trained to watch this team and that team and this team. And that's why the brands are so great. I mean, Penn State still carries a lot of, they've had moderate success lately, but they still carry a pretty big brand around with them and the viewership follows. Zach, you talked about just the Big 12 championship game. If this was last year or any of the years prior, I don't think it matters who makes that championship game just because of you know the parity in the Big 12. You have one true champion. You play that round-robin schedule. It shouldn't matter, and that's kind of what the Big 12 tried to market itself as. But now I'll agree with you because you want to be top-heavy. You want to have those brands playing in that game because it's not necessarily a round-robin anymore your schedule's more sporadic. And so if K-State TCU would have a rematch, I think that'd be really good for the Big 12. I mean, is anybody tuning in to a Vanderbilt Ole Miss SEC championship game? (laughs) 
They aren't. No. They but. aren't. It doesn't matter if both teams are 12-0 and 0 and played absolute cupcakes of a schedule to get there and upset Alabama and Tennessee on the way. Doesn't matter. No one's watching those two no. teams play. You know, I think that Vanderbilt's not reaching the SEC championship in th- our lifetimes. I, I I think that UCF. It'd be great to see UCF finish third or fourth. You know, make no, a de- I, I, make I, a totally. decent bowl game. But I I really think that if you're a if you really want the Big Twelve to be successful as a national brand, you know, to position themselves in college athletics, I think you need to have your K-State, your TCU, your Oklahoma State, your Baylor play extremely well. They All four of those schools need to beat Texas and Oklahoma in the standings if you, if you really want to prove a, prove a point. But at the very least, get K-State or TCU into that Big 12 championship game. And then Oklahoma State, Baylor, you know, one of the others. I think that that is the dream scenario, for me at least, of who I would want in that championship game just for a national credibility scale. I don't disagree. I mean, I I see the point very well, but also I think the diversity of this conference is, look, they're not going to close the gap on SEC and Big Ten football. They're not. That's what the basketball play is about. You can't close the gap financially on those two conferences, and maybe even completely if you load up on basketball and still be good in football. So we'll see how it all plays out. I know this. No one's rooting for Texas or Oklahoma to be in the game, let alone both of them. Oklahoma has the schedule to get there, and Texas has the team to get there. That would be a nightmare scenario for the Big 12. Neither of those teams have been there in the last – it's been three years, right? Yeah, Oklahoma was there three years ago. What if both of them made it? It'd be a new, unique (laughs) championship game. (laughs) They've never played in this. I don't think they've ever played it. Which says everything you need to know about the Big 12 um, that people don't understand. Oklahoma's dominated the Big 12 in football for many years. Texas has played no role in that. Texas had one great season where they won the national championship, and they've slowly eroded since Mac Brown left. <laughs> ever since has they, been put, that ever since been they put in artificial <laughs> turf. Man. Actually, that's kind of an interesting thought I just had. It'd be interesting to see how bad they've been since they went from natural grass. Maybe they went to which, boxed wine. Which I want to say they might be switching back to grass when they go to the SEC. Which is a very SEC thing to do. It's weird because Texas just simply will not legalize grass. Well, that was a different topic. Never mind. Not that. <laughs> From 3G Wildcat, should the conference be in a rush to add more teams or would it be good to take some time to get to know our new members? No, I think I think the best scenario is to get to 16 starting next year. 2024? 2020, yeah. 20, yeah after, 2025. You know, just get through this. And I think Pac-12 schools have a legitimate lawsuit against their own conference for what they've pulled. July 1 was this deadline for giving notice. And I think they intentionally pushed this past July 1. They just they, – they, they haven't been able to sign one, but they weren't going to sign one. I'll go this far. I think they might have had a deal earlier this spring, summer that might have been questionable in quality – but they could have had a deal, but I think they wanted to wait past July 1 uh, to get those schools locked in, to hold them hostage. Where would the money come from? 
from a you know a conference that distributes all its revenue to its members. How would you? How would how would teams sue a conference oh, if, it's, if it's basically dissolving? I mean, that's the only possibility, right? Well, I don't know. What, I don't know, know what I've you never do. checked into the Pac-12 <laughs> rules for dissolving. I mean, but uh, I think I just, the, I the lawsuit would be: we're going. We're not paying you a damn dime because this has yeah. been a fiasco. That's the lawsuit. I'm with you there. So, but I, interesting concept to think of if everybody's going to sue the entity that they all agreed to divvy the revenue up with just <laughs> because of the leadership of the commissioner yeah. they chose. Yeah. But again, I, I think there's phases to what's going on here. This phase is about getting to 16 and Brett, your marks idea of being in all four time zones. He said it repeatedly. He wants to be in all four time zones. He wants to be a national conference in sports, not just football, in sports. I think the next step then is adding two to four non-football schools as part of his, and that wouldn't probably take place until the next contract, which is at least five years out. Six years if you count this season, not counting. Seven years if you don't count the next two, I guess it is. So, I mean, you have to understand this, and this is what a lot of people are missing. He's going to have two deals. He just talked about it on the Joel Klatt podcast, um, Big Noon Conversations. Not sure about the name. And plays off on Fox. I know. But uh, he clearly, he's he's now stated it on the record. It's been off the record, but he's came out and said, it. we're going to have, we're going to decouple these contracts. We're going to have a football contract and we're going to have a basketball, everything else contract. At least I think that's what he's intending to do with everything else, baseball, volleyball, be in the basketball contract. And they're going to bring in members that don't play football. They will get none of the football money. If you can't say you get football and the basketball revenue, if you're Gonzaga or um, Villanova or whoever else, Creighton would be, I'd love the Creighton, you're going to get just from the basketball pool. And then those other sports, you know, you got more regional scheduling than for the other sports. So I think he's got a master plan. And then the next phase is what happens with the ACC. So I think he's seeing this in three different waves. And if all of them break the way he thinks so, there will be three 20 to 24 team conferences, school conferences, which I think sucks. But I'm damn happy it looks like the Big 12 will be the third one. Because chances of that two years ago, I wish I'd bet pick those odds up. Yeah. Plus 10,000. Everyone had written off the Big 12. Probably. I think that you should get teams that are going to add value now. Colorado adds value now. Right. UConn, right. they don't add value right now. And you can get them next year, two years. Don't add teams that you can get later. And make it known. Make it known to the four-cornered schools and whoever else might want to join the Big 12, pony up right now or get left behind. I think that Colorado's about to show the world that, hey, we're, we're betting on the Big 12 since this conference is falling apart. How do you bet on the Pac-12 from everything that's happened? I just Once Colorado goes, I don't see how even the Oregons and Washingtons of the, of the conference, probably even Cal or Stanford, at least not, you know, you'd think they'd just be like thinking about joining the Big 12. Relatively short grant of rights right now. And maybe you'd, if, if they try joining the Big 12, either 
you know, make them take a haircut or make them sign a longer right. grant of rights. I don't, you know, and you'd probably need to make the rest of the league sign it a longer one. But I think that I just that's a very valid point. I think when you get to 16, you revisit the grant of rights and saying, this is our conference. Keep this in mind. Brett Yormark has also specifically said we want schools that want to be in the Big 12. And for me, that precludes Washington because they clearly want to be in the Big 10. Oregon maybe, but. I don't think Oregon has a shot at the Big Ten. If you understand this academic elite crap going on with these two conferences, you understand they want Washington and Stanford as the next two. Stanford has an endowment that is out of this world. It's known for elite academics, and it plays every sport the NCAA offers and others. It's ridiculous. And maybe Cal, too, for the same kind of academic stuff, shirt, crap. But they're so worthless as a sports entity. I can see the, even the Big Ten going, ah, nah. But if they get two, if they get a Washington and, and Stanford, they're good. They're good out west. They got four. And then if they can get Notre Dame to come with Stanford, if, they, if Stanford helps them with Notre Dame, maybe that moves, too. So, I don't know, but the ACC will crack open. What They're in an untenable position right now with that contract. They are going to be a distant fourth, and the only reason they may not be fifth is the Pac-12 is about to disappear. It'll be the, the mountain pack. It'll be a, I really think they'll just combine with the Mountain West, and the stuffy schools that think they're above everyone else will just be independent, schedule each other, go have fun. That's where you deserve to be. Last question is from E. Hutch, 27. What? Oh, no, just read the Did question. Did you say something? No, no he's, but... he, he's excited for me to hear the question. I'm excited. Okay, here we go. If K-State suddenly had to go independent, mm. what's your schedule for the next four seasons? I don't know about that, but just an interesting thing to think about, especially you saying what a this nightmare. guy's going in, I mean, well, first of all, Kansas State's got an issue here. If Arizona comes with Colorado, those two – that's four years of non-conference scheduling that's yeah. sitting out there. Mm-hmm. Gene Taylor's got to absolutely scramble. But there might be some other Pac-12 schools that are looking for a game um, after they lose their conference. Uh, independent, um, yeah, that gets hairy. I mean, if you're in the south or, or you know, the northeast slash Rust Belt, you could pull that off. Army pulls it off. Those schools also kind of have a scheduling alliance. You can watch them. Notre Dame plays. Notre Dame played UConn, I believe. They play Army. You know, they they kind of stick within their circle. But I think that K State could probably pull off playing Notre Dame. Maybe not annually, but as a fellow independent, I think that Notre Dame. I mean, you you so, saw it with Army and you know those types of school UConn. I think they're willing to play independent schools especially Mm -hmm. if if you have the scheduling availability they do that but try doing that probably try playing four or five big 12 schools if you can Mm -hmm. and that includes the new ones too and then you probably play one of north texas smu or utsa annually utep probably tulsa i don't know about utep but tulsa and it'd be an easy scheduling right now yeah um Colorado State, Northern Iowa. That would, you know, they're still going to play an FCS team. You might end up having to play two just to get your schedule filled, which would suck. 
I think you could probably, I mean, if we're, if we're not looking at the gaps on the schedules right now, it's hard to say, but if K-State went independent, I don't think they'd have a problem filling a schedule. I think they'd have a problem funding a season, getting it broadcasted properly, but It'd be it would be interesting. These Pac-12 schools are playing with fire. Their lack of foresight about what their decisions might have, how it might impact them, is just amazing. To be all of a sudden lose your conference, to lose the very footing under your athletic department, is just, you can't have it. I mean, if you're a Pac-12 school and you're like, eh, we're going to hope the Pac-12 survives or we're going to go to the Big Ten because they want us. Utah, I'm talking about you. Okay, you can have the sure thing, or you can play with a decision that might work out incredible for you or completely destroy your athletic department. Your choice. I don't Gilbert pick. Whatever one comes with free alcohol, right? Alcohol. Just alcohol. Period. Okay. That's it for this edition of the podcast. Make sure you're checking out everything we do. Another daily delivery will go up. I think around midnight last night it went up um, so it can be ready for this morning and everything that might go down on Thursday. Have we finally arrived at Big 12 Expansion Day and is Pac-12 Destruction Day far behind? Stay tuned to Go Powercat. We're all over it. You know I love covering it. Thank you for listening to the Powercat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!